just our dream interpretation. I'm going to spend the next three weeks on it. Oh, it's such a huge topic. Um, my hardest thing is, okay, how can I give them the most bang for their buck? Because there's just so much. There's 224 references to dreams and visions in the Bible. So we can't just not. Most people just think, well, it's too hard. I don't, I don't want to go there. And, you know, how can we pass it up? There's 224 references. So I only have three weeks, so here's my goal. I'm going to give you some biblical foundation because you don't want to trust me. You want to trust what the Word says. I want to talk to you about why dreams are relevant. Hit some of the most frequently asked questions and do some dreams in class just to whet your appetite. We can't possibly learn to interpret dreams in three weeks. I mean, it's just, there's so much. But I want to give you everything I can to spur your interest and make you want more. Because there's so much here. Um, for those of you who are really interested in learning to interpret dreams, I'm praying about a way to make that happen. I just don't know how to do it. Um, I've tried teaching Sunday morning classes. We did a 13-week series. The problem with that is basically by the time everybody's in and you get started, you have about 20 minutes. And you just can't. You can give a good background and all that kind of stuff, but you can't really dig in. So be praying if that's something you're interested in. I just have to figure out a way to make it work. Um, I'm very stretched right now, so but... I feel like it's important. God speaks so much through dreams, and we miss so much if we don't pay attention to them. So my whole purpose with dream interpretation is to make you more aware of this part of God's language and help you learn to hear God for yourself. Um, I I mean, because I've read a lot, there's a lot of dream interpreters and I think they kind of get the idea that they tend to want to just pull people around them and I'm going to interpret your dream. And that's really not my goal because it's God's language and we can learn to understand it. And I think that's the whole goal. Um, people, a lot of people say, well, it's too hard. I don't want to, I don't want to invest any time in that. Well, to me, it's kind of like, okay, say you fall in love with someone and they speak a different language, but it's too much trouble to learn how to communicate with them. I mean, we wouldn't do that. So dreams are just another language of God's. It's not, people think it's weird. It's really not weird. He speaks this way all the time. Um, many of us want to hear from God, but we want it to be easy. I mean, let's be honest. I want it to be easy. <laughs> Dreams aren't easy. Every once in a while, I'll wake up and I'll think, I know exactly what that means, but not usually. And I have things cooking for several years that I still don't really know. And I just keep asking the Lord about it. So it's not an easy fix. And so then a lot of people just do it the other way and they think, well, I'll just get someone to do it for me. And there's a place for that, just like there's a place for prophetic rooms and all that. But the deeper we push in with the Lord, the more he wants to share with us. 
And think about your kids when they're babies. All they can do is kind of ooh and awe at you, right? And you love it. That's great. But as they get bigger and they develop more vocabulary, you can share so much more with them. And I think God's just the same. And, you know, he, he loves us the same if we don't go after things, but there's just so much for us if we'll go after it. Everything I'm walking in, it's just because I went after it. I'm nobody special, and I could still just be sitting out there not doing anything. But there's just something in my heart that wants more. And I think that's really the only prerequisite. We just have to want more and be willing to put some effort into it. So our first scripture, Proverbs 25.2, It is the glory of God to hide a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. We're the kings. So God hides it, but it's for us to find. I'm going to use James Gall again. We talked about him in his book, The Seer. He also had a book called Dream Language. And he says this. I think this is on there too. Yeah, you got it. Jesus' pattern in speaking on the earth was to speak in parables and mysteries, not to keep people in the dark, but to whet their appetite, but to whet the appetite of those who are truly hungry for the truth. So the masses didn't get the parables. You know, they listened to them. They probably walked away confused most of the time. But it was the people who really wanted to press in, like the disciples. They would ask him about those parables, and he would explain them. So that's Jesus talked that way all the time. To me, it's like if you've ever had little kids and you play hide-and-seek with them, are you, are you hiding so hard that they're going to start crying and think you've abandoned them? No, that's not the point. The point is you're hiding to be found, and it's the chase that's so much fun. Like, you enjoy it almost more than they do, right? And when they're really little, you barely hide behind the couch and you have your legs sticking out, you know? You want to make sure they find you. And I, I love doing that with my kids. And I think that's how it is with dreams. You know, he'll start with easy things. He wants you to find them. But as you get better and learn more, he's going to make it harder. But he's not hiding to keep it from you. He's hiding to be found. And I, I just think it gives God a lot of joy. I mean, it gave me a lot of joy with my kids. I think it gives him a lot of joy to just be for us to seek him like that. And I, I, I can't remember a time where if they couldn't find me, I didn't make sure they found me. I might make a noise or knock something, I mean, something to get them coming in the right direction. And I just think we can depend on God to do the same thing because he loves us. He's a good daddy. So I want to lay a quick foundation and then I'm going to, so I'm going to give you some scripture references dealing with dreams. Uh, Job 33, 14 through 16. Indeed, God speaks once or twice, yet no one notices. In a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men, while they slumber in their beds. I mean, I mean is he making that pretty clear? <laughs> 
in a, in a dream, a vision of the night, when sound sleep falls on men, while they slumber in their beds. This is talking about dreams, y'all. <laughs> Just in case you don't get that. Then he opens the ears of men and seals their instruction. So God tries to speak to us during the day, and we're busy. We're not paying attention. We're distracted. He wants us to get it. So what does he do? While we're sleeping, our conscious mind is out of the way, and he drops little nuggets in for us. That's what dreams are. And it's amazing when you really start understanding dreams. He showed me some major things I wouldn't have known, like major things. We always back it up with scripture. So when God tries to speak to us during the day, I mean, there can be so many reasons why we don't listen. But, but he has this thing called dreams, and it's so much fun. When you, to me, the thing I started loving about dreams as I started searching it was what a sense of humor God has. There's a whole category of dreams where he uses word plays. Like a porpoise is almost always talking about a purpose. I mean, there's just so many of those things. You see a bug in a dream, a lot of times something's bugging you. I mean, it's just fun. It's, it, it was surprising to me. Next scripture, Joel 2, 28 through 29. We've used this one before. I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on the male and female servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. That's these days. So this verse isn't describing which gifts each group of people get. Okay, I see dreams and I'm not an old man. <laughs> okay, it's, it's basically saying everybody's included. Even the servants, even the slaves were included. So it doesn't mean you have to fit that category. He's, he's including everybody in this outpouring. Here at Moore, we believe in prophecy and visions. We've had prophetic rooms for 12 years. So we really shouldn't have a problem with dreams because they're the same. It's just a different language. It's still God speaking. It's the same. Dreams can affect every aspect of our lives, yet most people in the Western world disregard them as either irrelevant, that's what most of us are taught, grow up, you're not a little kid, those don't mean anything, or too hard to understand, or they get these really weird ways they interpret dreams. Y'all don't go online. Can I tell you that most of those sites are just bizarre? And they can really lead you down a wrong path. If you go online, I'm going to give you all some resources, and there are some safe places to go. But don't just go on there and look, because you're going to find all kinds of weirdness. And just like with visions, because the New Age movement has tried to steal dream interpretation, many people are simply too afraid to be deceived. And we come back to that same thing. Who do we trust more? Do we trust that the devil has more power to deceive us than God has to keep us on the right path? I don't. I just decided I'm not going to be afraid. 
I believe my daddy is going to take care of me, and he's going to make sure if I start down the wrong trail, he's going to snatch me up and put me back on the right trail. I use that illustration of if you had a young child playing in the yard and they head for a busy street, you're not going to sit there and go, I told him. <laughs> he should have known better. You're just not going to do that because you love him. And God's so much better, Daddy. He's so much a better parent than we are. So we can trust him. And I think some, for some people, that is the number one thing that will keep you from hearing from God, is if you don't really trust that he can keep you from deception. And we can just settle that. We really can. We don't have to be afraid of that. So most of y'all know the story of Solomon, right? The wisest man in the world. God says, ask whatever you want, and I'm going to give it to you. And he asked for wisdom, and he became the wisest man ever. Well, did you know God gave that to him in a dream? When I first started, yeah, you came to my class. <laughs> when, when I first read that, I thought, that's not true, because I've read the story a million times. And I went and I read it, and it's like, well, there it is. It says it about five times to make it really clear. So I just pulled out 1 Kings 3, verse 5, 12, and 15. In Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream at night, and God said, ask what you wish me to give you. So he's sleeping in a dream, and he gets this choice. So Solomon asked for wisdom. We all know that. And in verse 12, God says, Behold, I have done according to your words. His words in a dream. I mean, he did this in a dream. Uh, uh, Behold, I have given you a wise and discerning heart so that there... I have trouble with this verse. So that there has been no one like you before you, nor shall one like you arise after you. And then later in verse 15, it says, Then Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. How do we miss that? <laughs> I mean, I missed it for years. I really didn't believe the book. I went and read it right then because I thought, I've never seen that. So if God would give such a huge gift in a dream, don't you think we should maybe pay attention to him? I think we miss out on a lot of things. God used dreams throughout the Bible to speak to his people. Many of you know the stories of Joseph and Daniel in the Old Testament. I mean, their dream interpretations change kingdoms, right? I mean, it was amazing. But we're going to go to the New Testament and talk about dreams. When Gabriel told Mary she would be the mother of Jesus, Joseph didn't believe her. I mean, do you blame him? That sounds pretty suspicious. So in Matthew 1, 18, 21, and 24, God gave Joseph a dream so he would know Mary was telling the truth, right? Because he needed to marry her. And so God did that in a dream. In Matthew 2, 12, God warned the two wise men, and these aren't, these aren't on slides. God warned the three wise men not in a dream not to return to Herod. Right, because Herod was looking for Jesus. He wanted to kill him. Matthew 2.13, he instructed Joseph to flee to Egypt. 
Matthew 2.19, a third dream was given to Joseph when it was safe for them to return. And then a fourth, Matthew 2.22, to warn him not to go to Judea but to Nazareth. So there's five dreams surrounding just that first little early part of Jesus' life. It's a pretty big deal. And that going to Nazareth fulfilled a prophecy that had to be fulfilled because he really shouldn't have grown up in Nazareth. Last week we talked about Acts 10 and the story of Peter and Cornelius. We know Cornelius was a Gentile. He was a good man. He was really searching and God gave him a vision to ask for Peter. And we talked about that. Peter's up on the roof waiting for lunch, minding his own business. He has this vision that explains to him that it's okay for him to go to Cornelius' house. Um, one thing I realized was the disciples had no idea the Gentiles were going to get the gospel. They didn't know. It was a revolutionary idea. So it wasn't just about going to his house. They didn't even have a clue they were going to get to know about Jesus. So, I mean, we can, thank, we can thank Peter for that. We can thank a vision for that. Um, and... I just wondered, when I was thinking about this, why would God use a trance, which for Peter it was a natural trance, why would he use that to convey something so important? Well, God often uses dreams to show us things we can't readily accept in our conscious mind. Sometimes things are so ingrained in us that we just can't accept them. And so God will start to introduce it to you in a dream. He even does that, and as we talk about different kinds of dreams in the next couple of weeks, I'll give examples of that, where there are things inside of us sometimes we don't, we've hidden and we don't want to remember, but they're keeping us from what God has for us. And sometimes he'll even start to introduce those kind of things in dreams. It's a gentle way, because he's a gentle God, and his goal is for us to be healed and whole. And so um, dreams can really be important. They're usually symbolic, not literal. That's the most important thing you can know. That was the hardest thing for me to get into my head. I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for 20 years. We think very analytically. Um, thinking in metaphors, especially about my own self, was really hard. I don't exactly know when I turn the corner, but now you pretty much have to show me that it's literal. Now I know it's a metaphor. It's a parable. It's a picture of something. So that's where people get so bogged down. They, they um, have this weird dream, and they're like, that doesn't make any sense. Well, it doesn't because it's a metaphor. It's not literal. So that's the first thing, the most important thing, is to realize they're almost never literal. Um, dreams are like a caricature that exaggerates certain elements to grab our attention. You know those pictures where they accentuate a certain characteristic? Dreams tend to do that. For years, I've tried to figure out my own dreams. In the process, I've read everything I can find dealing with Bible-based dream interpretation. 
And the most important thing I've learned is that the interpretation belongs to the Lord. We can learn. There are some resources I'm going to tell you about. There's, there's a good book I like, this one right here, and I'll give you all a list of it. Um, that helps you kind of go in the right direction, helps you think that way. But there's always a good and a bad. It depends on the tone of the dream. It depends on everything surrounding it. So the interpretation, the first thing we should do is ask Holy Spirit because he's the one. And I'm going to give you an example of one of mine that I totally misinterpreted. And I realized that I never asked him. I just wanted it to fit what I wanted it to fit. <laughs> so uh, a couple years later, I was asking about it because it didn't happen like what I thought it was. And uh, I asked Holy Spirit, and he showed me what it meant. And so it's so simple, but we forget to do that. So you can get real wrapped up in getting a dream dictionary and you know, getting all your techniques. And those things help. They really do help. But you have to ask the Lord. That's the most important thing. Um, there's actually some dream sites where they take your dream, they plug it in, they attach definitions to certain keywords, and they spit out with a computer a, a interpretation. That leaves God totally out of it, so they're going to miss it. There are many types of dreams and different reasons God gives them. Next week, we'll start going over the types of dreams because that really helps. When you understand there are different types of dreams and what they might be used for in your life, it really helps you to interpret. They can encourage, warn, convict, direct, and lead us to pray for others. We can actually fight and win spiritual battles in our dream. I've done that a couple of times. It's fantastic. It's a great way to win a battle. You wake up and it's done. So those are great dreams. Those kind of dreams, I love them. God sometimes reveals things while we sleep that we're unwilling to face with our conscious mind so we can deal with them and gain victory. He also reveals hidden knowledge and gives revelatory insight. Sometimes he'll just give you a revelation in your dream. And if you don't pay attention to it, you just miss it. There are dark dreams that come from the second heaven, but they're easily distinguished by their muted colors and their dark tone. It's really important when you wake up from a dream to, if you can just stop for a second and think how you feel at that moment, that really helps you understand your dreams. Um, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. Holy Spirit may convict you of something in your life, but he never condemns. So if you wake up from a, a dream and you feel totally condemned, is that Jesus? No. He never condemns us. He may convict us, but he always gives you an answer. He always gives you a way out. So if you wake up feeling hopeless, that's not God. I'm sure you've all experienced the evaporating dream. You wake up, and it's like, wow, that was cool. You go start the coffee pot. I, I use that example because that's the first thing I do in the morning. <laughs> go start my coffee. And uh, by the time you do that, it's like, oh, I can't remember. What was that? So 
the most important thing you can do is record your dreams. Now, used to, you had to write them down. Now, almost everybody has a smartphone with a record button. So I don't write them down if I wake up with them anymore most of the time. I just grab my phone. I record it. If it's not time to get up, I go back to sleep. And actually, a while back, it's, it's been a while now, I was kind of going through my list, and I thought, well, what is that? I didn't, because I always go back and title it and all that and write it, you know, get it on my computer. I didn't even remember having the dream. Oh, my goodness, y'all, it's like a destiny dream for me. And I would have totally missed it if I hadn't recorded it. So it's important. I mean, he still loves us. You know, we can rock along just fine, but we miss nuggets of things he would like to give us. So today I want to quickly, these aren't types of dreams. These are the 20 most common dreams. These are things that it doesn't matter if you're saved or unsaved. These are the most common dreams people have. And then after that, I'm going to give a few quick examples of just some dreams, just to kind of whet your appetite a little bit. So number one. Teeth falling out or loose teeth. Who's ever had a dream like that? It's pretty common. God is communicating a loss or an increasing inability to understand or discern something. Um, a lot of times it has to do with wisdom. You, you need some wisdom for something. If it's specifically a wisdom tooth you lose in the dream, it's definitely about wisdom. If it's your eye teeth falling out, it could be the uh, uh, you're losing the ability to recognize important elements in your life. So it can be real specific or it can just be teeth falling out. Most of the time, if you're having dreams about your teeth falling out, you need to ask the Lord, okay, what am I missing here? Because he wants to give you wisdom. Number two is falling. I used to have these dreams when I was a kid all the time. Some part of the person's life is out of control or the person is losing control and growing anxious. And that totally matches up when I was a kid. This one really bothers people. Number three, being naked in public. What really gets people is if you're a modest person and you're naked in public and it doesn't bother you. People think, oh my gosh, am I really a nudist? No, you're not. It's just about being vulnerable or transparent. You're not covering anything up. You're being vulnerable. So be careful who you share your dreams with because most people will jump to conclusions. <laughs> I've, I've told a few just to get people's reaction at work a couple times because they automatically think literally. So don't be worried about that. If you have naked dreams, it's just about being vulnerable. If you're naked by yourself, it's not in front of a bunch of people. If you're naked up in front of a bunch of people, you're going to be vulnerable in front of people. So it's not a bad thing. Sometimes he's just giving you a heads up. This is the next biggest one, bathroom dreams. <laughs> bathroom dreams are bad enough, but when you're in public, that's the worst part. Um, really, the difference is, is if you're in public in a bathroom dream, what you're going through is going to be public. And if you're by yourself, yay. <laughs> That's very much preferred. 
So usually it has to do with the toilet that can be with cleansing or purification in the person's life. But you don't want to just say that right offhand because it can also just getting relief from something that's been bothering you. So it doesn't automatically mean purification or cleansing, but it sure can. If you're taking a shower, a lot of times God's showering off things that have negatively affected you that could impact the future. So those can be really good cleansing dreams. I've heard people say that go out and do events like Burning Man and things like that. Sometimes they'll have those kind of dreams after they get back, and it's just God washing some of that stuff you've been exposed to off of you. So, and then bathroom in public view. None of us like that. But it's just kind of a heads up that you're going to go through this process and it's, it's going to be public. And that's okay. He's with you. It's just a little more uncomfortable that way. Number five, taking a test. That's a real common one. The dreamer is being tested and tried for the purpose of promotion. If you're back in school taking a test, like say back in high school or junior high, there's something you missed and he's given you an opportunity to learn it again. God's so good that way. We can miss stuff and he never gives up on us. He gives us another chance. Usually if you find yourself in college, that's new stuff. New stuff you're going to get to learn. Dreams of being chased. I had tons of these too. The enemy is trying to generate and empower fear. Note the context of the dream. It is possible that it's God that's chasing you. And we might do, I have a dream like that, that someone turned in, and um, that's exactly what it was. Most of the time, though, especially if you're called, if you're spiritually gifted, the enemy kind of has an idea of that. And the more dream interpreters I talk to, the more... I see that most of them had nightmares and stuff when they were kids. It's because the enemy is trying to make you afraid to dream. And that's how I was for years. I had horrible, horrible nightmares because my parents didn't know what to do about that. But we can know what to do. We pray for our kids. We bind that spirit of fear. We, we can pray protection over them while they're sleeping. And we can stop that cycle. But... Those of us my age, uh, a lot of us, we just had lots and lots of nightmares. Um, dreams of being chased. Oh, sorry, I did that one. Dreams of snakes. This is really common. Snakes are like a, a, a wordplay. They have long tails. So T-A-L-E-S is a story, a tale. So snakes are almost always about lies. So... When you start seeing snakes in your dreams, just start asking the Lord, what's, is there something going on I need to know about? Um, it can be about deception. If you're bitten by the snake, the lie is painful and may have lingering effects. And, I mean, most of us can relate to that. If it's a python or a boa constrictor, the attack is squeezing the life out of the dreamer. That was me. That's exactly how I felt. Dreams of spiders. Something the person is involved in is negatively affecting his or her life and spiritual destiny. And they may feel trapped, 
right? Spiders spin webs. You may feel trapped or spiritually poisoned by the venom or the spoken words. Spiders can actually be a, a spiritual attack, too. You just have to pray and, and ask the Lord to show you what's going on. Um, in the case of black widow spiders in particular, they kill their mates. So a lot of times if you're having a dream about a black widow spider, it's something bad in a relationship. Not necessarily like husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, but in a relationship in general. And my oldest sister just sent me a message two days ago, and a friend of hers was having black widow dreams. She had two, and then one she was bitten, and she didn't ever dream like that. And I said, well, a lot of times it has to do with relationships. And she sent back, oh, my gosh. <laughs> She's totally, her mom is involved, the girl's mom is involved with somebody that's not a good person, and the mom has cut off relationship with her. And so it's very painful to her. So it's like, yep, yeah, that really fits. Dreams of alligators. Alligators are two things. They have long tails too, but they're really, really strong. So a lot of times it can be talking about a very powerful attack against you. And a lot of times it's something that's hidden. Because what do alligators do? They're underneath the water and you really can't see them coming. So sometimes that's really a heads up that there's some kind of gossip or something going on that's hidden and it's dangerous because they're dangerous. So if you have that kind of a dream, you start, you pray and you just ask God, what do I do about this situation? Dreams of someone dying. These freak people out because they take them literally. Um... They're almost never literal, okay? Almost never. It usually reveals an issue, an era, a career. Something's coming to an end, and it can be real positive. So if someone's dying in your dream, don't call them up and say, oh, my gosh, you're going to die. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, it may be that God's given you a heads up that something's about to really change in their life. Maybe they're going to change careers or something. And it might be traumatic for them. Uh, if you have dreams for other people, a lot of times you're just supposed to pray for them. I never share a dream that I have about someone unless I ask God first. Because a lot of times it's they don't need to hear it. It would just make them fearful. They wouldn't understand. So I always ask because a lot of times it's just for intercession. And please don't go tell your friends about it. Okay, you can really hurt people that way. And uh, we have to be above board with integrity for God to use us. And so if he shows you something about a person and you go blab it to someone, he's not going to keep sharing things with you. I mean, he's just not going to. He'll forgive you, but sometimes it's a long road back. Uh, dreams of deceased relatives. This is really common. Usually if it's grandparents, it's about generational issues. Or if you dream about your grandparents' home, that kind of things. Uh, a lot of times it's about generational issues. Those can be really fun dreams. So you can be in your... Uh, it's really common for someone to be in their grandparents' house and they find this room they didn't know was there and it's full of all these amazing treasures. God's showing you there's something in your generational line 
treasure for you that he wants to give you. Maybe that your grandparents didn't get to learn. They didn't get to walk in, but he wants to give it to you. So those are really good dreams. Number 12, losing your purse or wallet. God is communicating that the dreamer has lost or is looking for their purpose, identity, and or favor. What do you carry in your wallet? Your ID? Your money? So when you lose your purse or wallet, it's usually about that. It's not like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my wallet. Maybe you're having some identity issues that God's wanting to talk to you about. Number 13, returning to a past relationship. This is especially troubling for someone who's happily married. <laughs> okay? Um, they freak out and think, oh, my gosh, I'm horrible. I'm, I, I love my husband, or whatever. And I'm thinking about this other person. It's not literal. If you don't have a problem in that area, it's not literal. Okay? If you haven't thought about that person, if you don't think about them, if you don't wish you were back with them, it's not literal. The dreamer may be falling into old habits or old ways of thinking or doing things or being tempted to do so. So if you have that kind of a dream, it's ask the Lord, is there an area of my life where I'm looking back to something that I shouldn't be looking back to? And it can be very practical. Frequent nightmares, number 14. These are common with children, uh, usually caused by the enemy for intimidation to dull spiritual sensitivity because it makes you afraid. You don't want to, you don't want to because it's scary. And so he's trying to dull your sensitivity and to induce fear and rejection of spiritual things, particularly dreams. Um. I mean, I had horrible nightmares for most of my young life, and I didn't want to go to bed at night. I sure didn't want to dream. Number 15, dreams of your house. Your house is usually about you. It has something to do with your life. Uh, note the time, past or present, the type of the house, uh, the surroundings, any details of the room. Is it in good repair or is it in disrepair? You know, all those things can be really important. Um, if it's a great big house and you're living in it, it can represent like your church also. It just depends on the context. Um, it's really interesting as you get into dreams and we'll talk more about it. Um, one thing that helped me so much, just knowing that when you go into the backyard, you're talking about the past. It explains several dreams to me because <laughs> I didn't know that. When you're walking into the front yard, it's usually about either the present or the future. Um, just little things like that can help you understand dreams. Dreams involving vehicles. If it's your car, it's usually about you or your ministry. Dreams of flying. Those are my favorite. My favorite. God is communicating to the person that they have an ability to move in the spirit realm and rise above problems. And in my life, it's so funny. I can look back over the progression of mine 
And it started out, I remember I got to ride on Jesus' back. He was like an eagle, and I got to ride on his back. And then I had one where he was holding my hand, and I was flying next to him. And then I had one where I was flying. It wasn't like I was having to work at it. I was just soaring. And so it was like a progression that went right along with my progression as I moved into spiritual things. So flying dreams are great. Dreams about horses, those are really common too. Horses represent power and authority. So always pay attention to those. Now if you have a dream of a pony, what do you think that might be? Maybe power and authority that's not mature yet, it's not fully developed, something like that. The color of the horse can be really important. And we'll talk about colors. Dreams involving dogs. And remember, these are just the 20 most common dreams we're talking about. Dogs usually represent friendship, loyalty, companionship, and protection. However, dogs can represent something different to someone who's afraid of them. When you're interpreting for someone, if they got mauled by a dog when they were a child, a dog dream is going to be totally different for them. That's why you can't just look this up and say, okay, dogs mean this. You really have to pray and ask Holy Spirit. Dreams about storms. If the color of the storm is light or bright, a lot of times it has to do with the Lord. So he can come in a storm, y'all. He can kind of create some what feels like chaos at the time. But it's never for our harm. It's always for our good. Um, if it's very dark fearful, destructive, then that's usually something about the enemy. And most of the time, um, I've gotten to where, and you can train yourself. I mean, it, you really can. You can train yourself to bind stuff in your dreams. It really works. So does that sound kind of interesting? <laughs> okay, so that's all the teaching I'm going to do. I just want to share a few dreams with you. I'm not going to talk about what kind of dream they are or anything. I just want to share a few just because they're fun. So I tried to pick some interesting ones. The first one I want to share was Carol's dream. Um, Carol lived in Kansas. I dragged her into this whole thing. I really wanted her down here. <laughs> I felt like she was supposed to be down here. And so she had a great job. She was newly divorced, had a good job, had a place to live. Her kids were down there. And she knew she was supposed to come down here. Well, that was a huge step and really fearful. You know, I mean, it's hard. It's hard to make that kind of a life change. She wouldn't have a job, wasn't in a position for anyone to help her, any of that. So um, also, she was learning all these new spiritual things. And that can be frightening, too. You know, we all feel like that in the beginning. What if God, what if I get deceived? You know, what if I go the wrong way? So I'm just going to read her dream to you. And she didn't title it. <laughs> She'd always title your dream. It'll really help you. This was way, way back when, y'all. When was that when you moved here? 2007? Okay. 
She said, I was walking and I could feel him behind me. I wasn't sure at first that it was the Lord, but as I think about the dream, I know it was him. He was so close that I could actually feel his knees on the back of my knees as we walked along. It was a very nice, intimate time with my love. As we walked, I remember noticing things along the way. It seemed to be like the Renaissance time period or something. At one point, a man extended a gloved hand to me. I didn't want to go with him, but his hand intrigued me. The man looked kind of like a Spanish conquistador. His glove was a burgundy velvet or something, and I wanted to touch it. I love this so much. When I reached out to touch it, my Lord also reached out and only allowed me to take his hand. So as she reached out for the wrong thing, the Lord came right underneath, and all she could do was touch him. That gave Carol confidence. She woke up knowing he's got me. I don't have to be afraid. See, it makes her cry now, all these years later. And Carol doesn't cry very easy. <laughs> so do you see how comforting this dream was for her? It really, I mean, it was hard for her to come here and leave her kids there. It was tough, really tough. But God worked it all out, and they all ended up coming here. And, you know, it's just been an amazing thing. She was supposed to be here. But God was so good to her to give her this dream so that she wouldn't be afraid. So I love that dream. This is my famous two-sentence dream. <laughs> it's just so funny. I always have to use it. Um, most people think you have to have this long dream for it to mean anything. Or if it's really crazy, it can't mean anything. And this one is titled Sneeze. I dreamed that I sneezed. When I blew my nose, a small piece of what looked like a Vienna sausage fell out of my nose. It's not my dream. Later, a second piece fell out. Okay, so if you woke up, you'd think, man, that was weird. <laughs> and you wouldn't think again about it, probably. But this really means something. So when you're interpreting dreams, you think, who is the focus? Who is this dream about? This dream is about the dreamer. And if you know a few things, like your nose is all about discernment. So what is this Vienna sausage? We talked about this one in class. <laughs> it's like, what does a Vienna sausage mean? Everybody's getting their book out. It's not what the Vienna sausage meant. It was something blocking in the nose. So if the nose is about discernment, there's something blocking this person's discernment, okay? doesn't matter that it's a Vienna sausage. It could have been a Lego. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but then this is a part I like. So he sneezed. Well, sneeze is an involuntary action. We don't initiate a sneeze. So God has already initiated the process for this person. But then the, they blew their nose. They have to participate to get the whole blockage out. God's initiated it, they get to participate, and they get to get more discernment. So it's really a good dream. But most people wouldn't even, I can't believe someone would even send this in. <laughs> I used to work off a website that's not there anymore, and this was one from there. And, uh, but it's really a good dream. 
And so the interpretation was your discernment is blocked by some things. God wants you to deal with this and has already started the process, but you will have to cooperate with him to see this problem resolved. Okay? It's a great dream. And then I want to share when I had, um, this was back in 2003. I worked in the neonatal intensive care unit at Northwest. I was very sick. Y'all get tired of hearing me say that. Very, very sick. So every day making it through a 12-hour shift was almost more than I could do. And so I was looking for answers. Like I needed something needed to change really bad because I was barely making it. And so here's my dream. I was working at the hospital in the NICU, but I had my own baby in there. The strange thing was that my baby was full-term and healthy, and I don't even know why it was there. Then I found out we were being released and going home. Yay! I woke up thinking, yay, I'm getting out. Well, I never... This is when I told you I never even thought to ask the Lord what it meant. I just thought, okay, it fit my definition. I was desperate, barely making it every day. Okay, I, I don't belong there anymore. I'm getting out. I'm going home somewhere. Well, it didn't happen. I was so disappointed, and I didn't understand because I really thought I understood the stream. Um, so I was praying about it in 2005 two years later and here's the key i was praying about it because it he kept kind of bringing it up to me and i would think i'm i feel disappointed because i thought i knew what was going to happen and here's what he told me god showed me that what he planted in me because when you're pregnant you're carrying something god's put inside of you and you will give birth to it at some point, <laughs> he showed me that what he planted in me will not be born prematurely. It will not be born late. Both things cause a baby to come to the NICU. The thing he is birthing will be born healthy and right on time. It's a great dream, y'all. I just totally misinterpreted it because I wanted it to fit my situation. But once I knew what that said, it gave me so much confidence because I realized he's in charge and it's going to happen when it's supposed to happen. Okay, I love to give y'all gross dreams. <laughs> this actually was my dream. I'm going to be transparent with y'all. I have just as many problems as y'all do. I dreamed I was sitting in a huge indoor round auditorium next to a woman. We were alone, sitting about three-fourths of the way up. The woman didn't speak, but I felt great authority from her. Now, I don't know why, but Holy Spirit shows up in dreams a whole lot of times as a woman. And I felt it. You could feel the authority coming from her. For some reason, I reached up and touched the right side of my face and felt a huge pimple. Oh, no. <laughs> not, not like a little pimple. I quickly excused myself and hurried to the bathroom. So it's a bathroom dream, too. The pimple was huge and bulging, so I knew I had to pop it. I barely, 
This is gross. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Luckily, it wasn't true. I barely pressed, and a huge amount of stuff came out. It didn't hurt at all, but it was gross. I think I went back out there, but realized there was still more to get rid of. I ran back to the bathroom and ran my fingers over the skin right under my eye. Okay, now listen to the things I'm mentioning. If I can find my place again. It felt mushy, so I pressed down a little and pushed towards the outside. Again, a huge amount of stuff came out. I kept working on it until my finger was right next to my nose. What do we know about noses? Discernment. I would gently press down and push outwards. It was right under my eye, but above my cheek. There was so much stuff, and I kept wondering how it was all in there. There was no pain involved, no bleeding. I kept thinking I should get back to the auditorium because the woman was waiting, but I knew I had to take care of this. I kept working on it until I knew it was all gone. I thought it would be bleeding or look gross, but it didn't. There weren't any marks on my face to show anything had happened. I went back to the auditorium to the woman, and the dream ended. She had waited patiently for my return. So the first thing this had to do with my face. Your face is all about your identity. And I have struggled with identity issues for a long time. Really struggled. So what's a pimple? It's something festering below the surface that needs to come out. It was close to my eye. Eyes have to do with vision. It was close to my nose. Nose has to do with discernment. It was on the right side. We'll talk about this, right and left. Doesn't always mean something, but right is about what's happening right now. The woman was Holy Spirit with me, patiently waiting for me to get ready. And the auditorium, it felt like a place of calling, but I need to deal with how I see myself and my calling first. Dealing with this effectively will unblock my vision and discernment and increase my ability to use them. It's a powerful dream, y'all. And it was really good because it, it really helped me start asking the Lord more questions about myself and what do I need to do and do I need to take steps, those kind of things. There was no judgment in this dream. I didn't feel hurried. I kept thinking she would be upset. No, it was she was just waiting for me. Holy Spirit was just waiting for me. So this was a really good dream for me. Okay, I'll give you one more quick one. I've shared this one with Pastor Daryl. Um, I named it Renovating the Squire's House. Um, Andy Squire was our worship leader for a while. And I remember I had this and I forgot about it. It was one of those I recorded and I just forgot all about it. And I, I felt like I was supposed to tell Pastor Daryl, but I forgot all about it. So I dreamed the church more, went and renovated, redecorated the Squire's home. When we all went to see the finished product, it was amazing. I saw beautiful, rich fabrics and amazing creative fixtures. They had a bunch of kids. Every child's room had its own look, but somehow it was incorporated seamlessly so 
the looks overlapped, but it was exquisite. You would think it would clash. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was so unexpected and unusual, but beautiful. So this is what I this is what I believe the Lord was showing me. At that time, Andy, they, what, what struck me as funny was they were gone. They left. And Catherine and Matt and all of them started being the worship team. And as I prayed about it, I knew exactly what this meant. I believe the squire's home represents their place of ministry while they were here. Music. Renovating and redecorating seems to indicate the changes we've made in, in the worship team and the way things are now being done. I think this was given to encourage us that even though each person is completely different and unique on the worship team, God will bring them together seamlessly to create something exquisite. That's exactly what happened. So dreams are just fun. They can, they can tell you a lot. And I think that was real encouraging to Pastor Darrell when he heard it because, you know, it was a big jump for us all of a sudden. You know, we had had Kevin and we'd had several people, and then all of a sudden it was just our people. There was nobody from the outside, and nobody really knew how that was going to go, and it's amazing. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change for anything. I love, I love our worship now. Okay, so that's all I have for you tonight.